Hey guys, today on the podcast we have Jeff Payne. Uh, Coach Payne currently is coaching uh, varsity baseball as the assistant at Shelby High School. Um, I've known him for a long time. He coached me when I was a kid um, and all the way growing up. And I got to the opportunity to coach with him while at Shelby as well. Um, I'll be honest, this is a big this is a big fish that we reeled in. Um, he's not a big social media guy, so the fact that um, I was able to get him on is a home run for me. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about the best players he's ever seen play uh, locally, the most underrated kids he's ever coached. And at the end, we're going to go through a little uh, debate about what the biggest embarrassment is for the New York Mets, his favorite team. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Bases Loaded Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Kennedy, and today my guest is Jeff Payne. Coach Payne, how's it going, man? Good, Gabe. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, obviously, I've known you for, for a, while, a while here with uh, in regards to baseball and, and all that good stuff, but uh, how old are you and what's your profession? I'm 47 years old. Uh, I'm employed at Pioneer Career and Technology Center in a maintenance department, and I'm also the Shelby baseball varsity assistant to coach Amacom. Okay. So, so pretty good gigs there, right? I mean, that, that's a pretty uh, good company. When I go to bed at night, I am a blessed man. I will say that. <laughs> awesome. So, so like I said, I've known you for a while. I, I want to go back to maybe eight or nine years old um, for, for myself, remembering you as a, as a coach, but uh, how long have you coached baseball? Uh, for a long time. Um, I believe I started with my first team. I helped my dad um, back in Little League when I was in high school. And then when I graduated, I don't remember if it was 91 or 92, I actually got my first team. Uh, it was in the senior division, which was 13, 14, and 15-year-olds uh, for Shelby Little League. And I had one of my brothers on the team, Jason. And so that's when I started. Um, I coached in Little League until about 2000, and I stepped away for a couple of years while I was having kids, and I got back into it back in 2006 when my oldest son was nine, and then uh, I coached for about another seven years in Little League. Then in 2006, I was a uh, JV assistant over at Hillsdale High School. And then in 2007, I came to Shelby, and I've been fortunate enough to still coach with them. So Hillsdale, who was the head coach over there? Was that Coach Wolf? That was Coach Wolf, good friend of mine who I met during back in the days when I was playing softball. And, uh, you know, I, w I was very lucky to be involved. That He asked me, uh, a good friend of mine, Ryan Nolan and Jared Hunt were assistants, and um, you know, Coach Nolan and, and myself and Coach Hunt, we, we had a great time over there with Hillsdale. Um, unfortunately, it was just the one year, and, you know, we got to come back home and, and coach at Shelby, which obviously has always been a goal of mine. And it's, it's one of the things that I'm very, very privileged to say that I could be a part of Shelby baseball. So with Coach Wolf, uh, after you, uh, you know, after that one year there at Hillsdale, did you coach against him? While you were at Shelby, did you guys ever coach against each other? 
Yes, yes. We tried to make it a yearly thing. Um, obviously, being out of conference, sometimes, you know, based off of, you know, inclement weather or whatever, there were a few times that we weren't able to play. But it was always exciting. Um, he always enjoyed coming over to Shelby. And then towards the end of his career over there, then we started flip-flopping and we were going over to Hillsdale. And uh, But, you know, competitive teams, competitive games, great coaching all around. It, it, it was a blast to, to be a part of those games. Yeah, they were always, always loaded and uh, very well coached. Um, speaking of, you know, how, how long you've been able to, to be a part of, you know, coaching with baseball, who would you say the best player is you've ever seen play locally? Because you've seen a lot of great players. I have. I've been very fortunate to, to have a long tenure, at, you know, around this area. Um, I've been involved with travel baseball, obviously with both my boys um, growing up and playing travel baseball. Um, you know, when I was a young whippersnapper that had just graduated and it was, I got into the high school and the little league part of it. And I wasn't quite sure, you know, there were coaching changes that were happening. So I used to go up to the Shelby Legion games and I would sit and watch and, you know, help out at a practice here or there if need be. But I just wanted to see what they were running with specific situations, uh, what kind of first and third plays, how they were doing their cut systems. So what I wanted to do was translate and take that down to the 13, 14, 15 year olds that I was coaching. So that way, when they got into, you know, the high school part of it, they would be somewhat similar and understand the same things. But I believe it was in 95, uh, 94, or 95, that Legion team had a kid on it from Crestline named Mike Fisher. And, you know, I, I never really got to talk to him personally or do anything one-on-one -on -one with him, but just the way that he played the game, the way that he carried himself. Um, I mean, and obviously, you know, he was a great, great baseball player. He just knew he had every intangible that a coach was looking for. And, you know, back in the mid nineties, you know, it was, it was good baseball around this area, you know, and, and as a matter of fact, the Crestline team ended up going to state. I believe he was the losing pitcher in the state final. Um, but he ended up eventually, I believe, going to South Alabama and getting drafted by the Dodgers in like the second round. And, you know, he, he obviously is one of the ones. And, and, and the second one, without a doubt, you know, is, is a kid that you had on uh, a podcast earlier, uh, Tyler Brown. And, you know, I was able with being affiliated with JBC and things and, and having kids close to his age seeing him play down at Siegfried with some of the Shelby guys and just watching him develop. And, you know, he was always uh, a man amongst ch children is basically what he was. And then of course uh, we played him. I, I believe we scrimmaged them when he was a freshman and my oldest was a sophomore. They came over to Shelby and just, he pitched an inning in that scrimmage and just to see how he threw and, you know, he hit a home run in about a 40-mile-an-hour wind that was blowing straight in over dead center. And I'm thinking, wow. So, and then eventually he, you know, transferred down to Columbus. And there was a kid that was at our high school level at that time that was a freshman also that transferred and was actually went to the same school as him. So, I always stayed in touch. Nick Strine and, you know, great baseball player in himself. And so, I always stayed in touch. And so, I always had the opportunity to know what Tyler was doing or whatever. And then to see the big things happen, you know, as he, you know, went to Vandy, um, it was really neat because, you know, coaching JABC, the kids that we had last year, you know, when Vandy's playing in a World Series versus Michigan, you know, they're like, 
they would come to the tournament and they were like, coach, Tyler Brown's following me or whatever. And I don't know what that means being, you know, the social media savant that I think that I am, but, but, you know, but, but, but those two kids, Tyler Brown and, and uh, Mike Fisher, just absolutely phenomenal baseball players. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, where'd you get your love for baseball? Uh, you know, growing up, you know, we lived out in the country. We had three acres and, you know, we'd mow and do gardens and, you know, all the weed whack and do all the things that, you know, kids do. Um, I had a mom that was a stay at home mom and my dad was always working. So just being involved with the family and, and doing the things around the house with my brothers, you know, I remember my mom, she's left handed. I remember playing catch with her outside and, you know, and then my brothers, you know, as they grew up, you know, everybody was always into baseball and we were playing wiffle ball or baseball or trying to strike each other out. Or I remember using our clothesline and hanging this little disc that we had from it. I always thought I was going to be like the next Doc Gooden, you know, being <laughs> a huge Mets fan, you know, and I thought I was going to be Dwight Gooden. So, we just worked around the house a lot. And then my parents got involved with Little League. Tom Wilson, I believe, was the president at the time. And he asked us, you know, to help, you know, with the fields and the maintenance of this and mowing and picking weeds and picking trash. And so every day we would go to the ball field and we would do something. And, uh, you know, for real reward, we would get a slush pop or, oh, yeah. you know, a, a, a cow tail or, <laughs> you know, what a, and, you know, I'm like, this is awesome. I could do this the rest of my life, you know, but, you know, growing up, it was just, you know, we were competitive and, you know, my brothers, I remember fighting and throwing stones at each other and doing whatever is necessary to know that, you know, the Mets are better than the Cubs or the Dodgers or, you know, whoever. And it's like, that, that that's, that's how it was. And it, you know, it's never really strayed too far from my house here because it's the exact same thing, you know, the boys and, they're always fighting about who's better or whatever. That's awesome. Uh, what what would you say is the craziest thing you've ever seen in a game that either you were playing in um, or coaching in? Uh, that, well, I'll tell you what. I find it to be very interesting that we were on the, I guess, the worst end of this, but I remember Jake Townley. Um, big good baseball player from Madison he hit two grand slams against us and if I'm not mistaken it was the same inning um, it may have been the same game but regardless two grand slams was unbelievable I mean I, I just thought to myself they, obviously they run ruled us um, and but two grand slams in a game that's pretty darn neat Wait, what, was there not an option to intentional walk or, or what's going on why 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 are we pitching this kid? Uh, well, you know, that's a great question. Now, you know, you sit back 10 years later and you think, <laughs> why are we pitching to him? But, you know, we like to challenge kids. You know, it's an out-of-conference game on a sure. Saturday. And, you know, go at him. See what, see what maybe a weakness is, you know, if they're in our districts at a later time. Or sure. What, however, you know, how can we get this kid out? And obviously we couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those things, too, where you don't want to – you don't really want to throw any more pitchers, you know what I'm saying? Just get the ball. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, can you explain a little bit, since you didn't choose this one, um, about Sam Kuhn? Sam Kuhn. 
Sam Coon is, oh, what a great kid. What a great kid. He was one of those players that would do anything and everything for you. And, you know, I remember, you know, when we would have bullpens in the gym and, you know, hey, Coon Dog, get on there and throw a few pitches or whatever. And, you know, of course, you know, that, that lit a fire. So constantly, hey, coach, when are you going to pitch me? When are you going to pitch me? And, and I'll, I do remember a JV game one time. I threw Sam out there, and I can't remember what the situation was. It probably wasn't good one way or the other, but I threw Sam out there, and he called time like they do in basketball where he, you know, they, he threw up the tee, and he looked at me, and he waved me out. And I'm like, hey, coach. I said, Sam, what's up? And he said, hey, coach. He goes, I'm dying of thirst. Can I go in there and get a drink right now? I said, Sam, counts one and one to this batter. I said, you got to get us out of this inning. And so Sam took no for an answer, and he basically ran in, got a quick drink, and ran back out. What did the umpire do? Because he's probably never he seen He just looked at me with the most – he looked at me with the craziest look that you could ever see on a baseball field. I, and I said – I just apologized. I was like, Sorry, Blue. I said, uh, that's on me, whatever. And we just, you know, we rolled on. And the funny thing is our, uh, our sports writer over here at Shelby, uh, Chuck Ragnauer, great, great guy. He, he got a picture of that, and it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, that is a great story. Uh, what would you say your best and worst day coaching baseball would be? Best and worst game. Um, best game is probably – 2016 versus Norwalk, game two. Um, we had played them in a back-to-back -back that night. Uh, the night before, we went up to Norwalk, and obviously, you know, we were fighting for the league title. And so we go up to Norwalk on, I believe that was a Monday night, and Brennan Armstrong throws a complete game for us. And we ended up winning. And, you know, we knew that game two, they were going to be coming down to Shelby following night and that night before our starting catcher um he basically got hit in the cup region with a baseball and there was some barking back and forth and he ended up being disqualified from the game and so we put in our backup catcher charlie vote and you know we try to preach to kids even to this day um our, our staff at shelby we always bring up you know if you're not a starter or whatever, always understand your role, do what you need to do to get on the field, stay on the field, help the team in any way, shape, or form. And we use Charlie Vote every single time as an example. And so Charlie Vote was our backup catcher, and he goes in, and I remember it wasn't a few pitches. There was a couple guys on, whatever. Pop fly, Charlie Vote turns, throws his mask up against the fence, fence, makes a beautiful catch, end of inning. Brennan gets us out of it. We win the game. So with the rules and the suspension, the next day they come down and we don't have our starting catcher. That's not the worst part. Coach Amacone and his wife are scheduled to be at the hospital to induce and have Pippa, their daughter, be born. So you and I are the coaches that day. So we're already behind the eight ball. 
But, uh, you know, that game, that game two, Dylan Thornsberry, he goes out, he throws five quality innings for us. Uh, we bring in a, a young sophomore pitcher, Tanner Elliott, who comes in and absolutely mows them down. Because Norwalk and, is loaded. They were good. Loaded. They loaded. Good. And, you know, unfortunately, at the end of the year, they're the ones that knocked us out of the tournament. Yep. Yeah, uh, but we won the league, and and you know that was a great game. I mean, obviously, you know we didn't want to let Coach Amicone down. I mean, it, you had some great calls in the third base box, uh, running some delay steals and doing some things here and there. But but you know, anytime that we put Thorny on the mound, we knew yeah. that we had a chance to win. It was really really in our favor. Yeah, but that was that's the worst game. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I was gonna say that was uh, that was definitely. Definitely good stuff there. My worst game is, now that you can sit back and look at it, is last year losing in the district championship to Vermillion. Um, obviously, you know, we lost three seniors, you know, one of them being Hunter Hoffman, who is one of the most complete baseball players that I have ever seen. Um, you know, and he's one of those seniors that we lose. And then, of course, with the pandemic, you know, we lose the seven seniors from this year's squad that, you know, we never get to coach. Um, with a couple of those kids being really close to me, obviously my youngest, Caden, and then I had Evan Bogner and Blaze Caudill, you know, on the JABC team during the summer. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's tough. I mean, and it, it was a great quality game. Um, came down to the end. But unfortunately, you know, when we lost, you know, Everybody, you know, you sort of want to sit back and think, hey, just wait till next year. Yeah. And unfortunately, next year didn't happen. But, you know, that, that, that game's going to stick with me for a while. Sure. Uh, what would you say the most loaded team is that you ever coached? Can you can you remember and uh, give, some, give some names of, of kids that were uh, Honestly, I would, I would probably say from a Shelby standpoint, it'd be a 2016 team that, you know, being, being involved with those guys, um, you know, I, I, we still joke to this day, our outfield was Brandon Schneider, Brennan Armstrong in center and Darian was in right. And, you know, that, that's one of the best outfields that we had and in a long time. And, and, you know, those guys could run down a baseball, um, you know, then we had, you know, Car, you know, we had guys all over the place. You know, Nate Sayers behind the plate. Mason Wells is basically our, 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 our closer. He comes in. He can just mow guys down. We had Thorny, Trevor Young. And, I, you know, I know I'm forgetting some guys. Carter Brooks. I mean, Alex um, Paolo. Alex Paolo. I mean, that whole team, that team was absolutely loaded. Yeah. And, you know, we competed. We had a good schedule. I mean, we, you know, playing Mount Vernon and the Madisons and, you know, the non-conference games, the clock, it, it was unbelievable. It was great, great team. From a JBC standpoint, you know, when, when Darian was playing travel ball, um, you know, we had the opportunity to travel about the state, and play, leave the state a lot, actually. And in 2015, that JBC team was really, really good. Rusty Staub, Coach Staub down at Belleville is the one that coached it for us. And, you know, we had – I mean, kids from Matt, you know, Dakota Gombosh from Madison, and you had a kid from Triway, and you had um, Darian and Trevor and Dylan and Paulo. Um, we had, uh, 
I mean, it was just unbelievable every day and just pitchers everywhere. It was, it was great. And so that team was really, really special. What would you say um, would be maybe, maybe one game that you wish you could have back as, as a coach? Game to have back would be the sectional final in 2017. I mean, it, that, that, was, that was a tough, tough pill to swallow, even to this day. Um, you know, we came in as the one seed. Uh, I think we finished the year 24 and four. We had won like 17 games in a row, 17, 18. Um, you know, on a Friday night, you know, that sectional final Clyde comes down and, you know, we beat them two to one earlier in the year, really early and great game. And we were at home. They came down early in the year. And then, um, obviously with us being the one seed, we were at home, uh, big crowd Friday night, you know, the Johnny Johnson home run porch was just hopping. You could see smoke flying off the grill out there hooting and hollering, uh, which is a great experience in itself, whether it's Friday or Tuesday or whatever. But, you know, I remember that game. We, we gave up a couple of runs early, I believe one in the first and one in the second. And then they added, I believe, two in the fifth. So we were down four nothing going into the bottom of the seventh. And the bottom of our order comes up and just sort of scrapes and claws and bites and does whatever is necessary to get on base to get it to the top. And so, you know, the next thing I remember, I mean, it's just things are getting exciting. You know, the fans are back in it a little bit. And we are down four to three. Carter Brooks had just knocked in two runs, make it four to three. And Brennan come up. And we have this game that we play, two ball at Shelby. And we're always looking for a fastball somewhere to hit hard. Just square it up, gap to gap, drive it. Brennan was our two hole. And he's sitting on a three-one fastball. And he got it. And he absolutely hit a pill up the middle. And their shortstop made an unbelievable play on a bad hop. And it, was, it, it wasn't even bang, bang, running hit it so hard. And double play ended the game with guys on, I believe it was first and third at the time. And it was just, you know, it's one of those games. That's part of baseball, and we certainly understand it. But Clyde brought their A game, and it just it came down to, you know, a play here or there. Right, right. Who would you say uh, would be the most underrated player, most underrated kid you ever coached? Hunter Hoffman. Hunter Hoffman is – he has every intangible that you want to see in a baseball player. Uh, that young man never took a rep off. You know, he's – him and Carter Brooks, I would say, are the two hardest workers that I've ever seen in the gymnasium. You know, it's tough to get that mentality every single rep inside the gym. And Hunter Hoffman never got cheated, as did Carter Brooks. But Hunter, he did everything. He was a great teammate, um, great player. Uh, he just did everything the right way. That young man would take off his hat and shake your hand after every practice, yep. after every game, and thank you. And just, you know – He's going to grow up and do a lot of good things, you know. And, I, you know, I know, unfortunately, we had to deal with his injury last year. Um, and it's made Hunter a better person. But he never missed a practice for us last year, even though he couldn't do anything. And I remember it was really, really special when we went up to play Norwalk last year at Cedar Point in the 
district semifinal and Hunter and I being able to be out on the field and long golfing and doing all those little things. But, but Hunter is just, he's just the man. I mean, he, he's going to be a great coach someday. Great coach. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's funny you brought that up. Um, I remember when he was a freshman after practice, he'd come up and, and he would, he'd shake each coach's hand and say, he'd look you in the eyes and say, you know, coach Kennedy, thanks a lot for, for practice today. And it wasn't, it wasn't a putting on a show. It wasn't in front of everybody no. to see like, Oh, this kid. Nope. It was just a, a genuine uh, kid that was thankful that, you know, we, we spent time with him. And I, I've never seen that before out of a kid. Oh, and, and you know, the thing that, and it's crazy to sit back and think about how good our teams were that as a freshman, Hunter Hoffman would have been a starter on probably 85% of the rest of the high schools right. in Ohio. And Hunter was down playing JV, and at no time did we ever consider bringing him up. And what a special player, you know? Yeah. And so we just felt it was in his best interest to get as many reps down there as possible, knowing that, you know, this kid is going to be a player for us someday. Yep. Uh, so you kind of mentioned a little bit of coaching, uh, coaching your sons. Uh, you've got two sons there. Uh, what are some right. pros and cons of, of coaching your own kids? Pros and cons. Well, you know, fortunately, um, my kids have had the opportunity to play for some great, great coaches. Um, you know, my oldest, Darian, he was able to play for Coach Gorbett um, over at Colonel Crawford, travel ball for a few years. Uh, Coach Staub. You know, had him with JABC, Coach Brickman here at Shelby, um, and obviously Coach Amicone. Uh, you know, and, and the nice thing about it is I was always able to reach out to my good friends, you know, Coach Workman over at Northmore or Coach Wolf, you know, in Medina, and be able to share, you know, hey, here's a swing. He's sort of in a slump right now. What do you think? What are your thoughts? You know, and it, it, so I was very, very fortunate. And then, you know, Caden, he, you know, playing JABC, he had Coach Caldwell. And Coach Sayer, you know, working working with him um, until I took over. But, you know, being able to sit back and watch, you know, how Coach Staub and Coach Gorbett ran their practices and doing the little things. Um, and, and obviously, Coach Gorbett's son was on the team also. You know, you could sit back and see how he would treat, sure. you know, Luke. And I would try to emulate that, per se, when we got up to, you know, when it was time for us. But, you know, Darian – um, I, he was the kind of kid that I could really, really get hard on and really drive. And, you know, he wasn't born with a lot of speed. He wasn't born with a lot of strength or height or anything. So, you know, we always did the little things and, you know, being able to, you know, bunt and do small things. Um, I said, Darren, to get on the baseball field, if you can just master the little things, you're going to get on and stay on the field. And so, you know, I remember plenty of practices that, you know, I remember when Darian was a sophomore and he's hitting leadoff for us. And Coach Brickman and I were, were inside the gymnasium and he drops his helmet after he gets, I don't remember if he struck out or we called him out on, you know, competition. And he ended up, I threw him out of practice. And I said, Darian, you can't act like that because if you're going to do that, then everybody else is allowed to do that. So, he, I made him walk home because he couldn't drive yet. And so, you know, I'm driving home that day, and he's walking uh, through the cemetery, which is about 750 yards from my house. And I pull over, and I said, get in the truck. And he said, nope, you told me to run home, and so that's what I'm doing. So he ran the rest of the way. You know, and thank <laughs> God for my wife. I thank God for my wife because as we sit down 
at dinner with the family, you know, Abby was always, hey, you know, you're, she, needless to say, she saved the night many a times after tough games or tough practices, you know. And, and Caden, he was a little bit softer, you know. You had to coach him different. And, uh, you know, I didn't take over the JBC team until a little bit later because I didn't want him to run off and, you know, go run track or whatever instead. And, and, and that was fine. But, you know, it, it was – it was fun and it was special. And now that it's over, I'm going to miss it. Absolutely. Um, I forgot about that story about making him run home. But uh, thank God oh, that's not services a, didn't get a hold of that. Well, here's <laughs> the best story. And, and I'll tell you this. Okay. So we are playing Galleon in a doubleheader at home on a Saturday. And there is a track meet going on. There's tennis, tennis softball is being played. Tennis is going on. So there's fans everywhere. And we're playing Galleon. Great, great program. And Darian is a freshman. And I'm coaching third base with the JV team. And the catcher, Darian played travel ball with. And so I know that he's an aggressive catcher with a great arm. And he's getting this huge secondary lead. We have nobody out. Base is loaded. The meat of our order up. And we have two, two guys strike out. So I'm like, wow, we're not going to get anything. So Darian's being a super aggressive at third base. We got our five hole up, I believe, at the time is who was up. And what happens? Darian gets picked off third base. I'm so mad at him. I go in the dugout. I kick a full bucket of balls. It almost hits Nate Sayer because I'm so mad at Darian. And I end up breaking my toenail on my big toe. And to this day, it's still disfigured. <laughs> I won't take my shoes off when I go to the beach, Gabe. I mean, it's that bad. I'm so mad. And, and you know, I could never do that to, Dar to Caden. But Darian, on the other hand, he was, you know, hard-nosed about things. And that, that's just the way, you know, that, that's what you could do. And that's the difference between the two boys. Wow, that is, that is awesome. It's um, unbelievable. <laughs> So what, uh, what really gets under your skin as a coach as far as uh, maybe something like fundamentals uh, that you, you kind of think or you feel like, uh, you know, you should go over, you know, or kids have already went over this. They should know by the time they get to high school or maybe even something that uh, as the season goes on that, you know, mistakes happen like mental errors. What is something that really, really drives you crazy? Is like first and third mess ups? Is it? Um, you know, not sitting on a fastball like you, you talked about earlier when you should be? That's a great question. Uh, you know, Probably too many to think of, right? Well, listen, there, baseball being a game of failures, whether you strike out or, you know, you commit an error or, you know, a physical error, a mental error, whatever the case is, you can't remember that. You've got to let it go. And so I always told, you know, my guys or whatever, you get a one-pitch rule. And, you know, Coach Amicone here at Shelby, he has me as the infielder's coach. And, you know, I've, I was always an infielder when I played. And, you know, I try to explain to the guys, listen, errors are going to happen. You're going to have more opportunities than the outfielders are. You know, be mentally tough. Be mentally strong. Prepare yourself to be ready on every single pitch that baseball's coming your way. Know what you're going to do with it. And if you commit an error, you commit an error. Okay? But don't compound it by – you know, committing another one or, you know, get mad at yourself or whatever. I was like, just pick yourself up, 
and get another one. And, you know, Carter Brooks was, was one of the players that I always thought was really good at that. You know, he was disappointed in himself when he would commit an error. But he always, you know, hey, give me the next one. You know, same with Hoffy. Hoffy was really – he was like that too. When we were in practice and we're hitting ground balls, he commits an error. He wants two more to do the correct way, the right way, and get his reps finished. And it's – you know, that's just – that's part of baseball. Understand your failures. Learn from them. Yeah, as I say, the, the mental side is, is so big, right? Like uh, Steve Springer talked about in the uh, the podcast. Did you like that episode, Jeff? That that I'll be honest with you. I there's a lot of guys, kids, players that you've had on here that you know I obviously know or whatever. But that that's been my that's my favorite. Run through a wall. Do whatever you can. Get on the field. Just stay on the field. Do whatever. Do whatever it takes. Absolutely. Coach Payne, do me a favor and explain a little bit. Um, you know, I always looked up to you as a, as a person and as a coach. Uh, but you need to explain a little bit why you left our state tournament game when I was 15 years old in Fort Smith, Ohio. Um, <laughs> like I said, I, I just – I always thought, you know, the world of you – and you just kind of up and left. What, what was the deal? Why, why did you leave us? <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that, Gabe. Uh, you know, 1998, you know, Darian, Darian was born in August of 97. And um, my wife, she got pregnant right away, right after Darian was born. And so, you know, we're coaching summer ball. And, you know, we have all-stars. And I was, you know, an assistant on that team with uh, your dad, Steve, and Chet Yetzer. And, you know, what a, what a great time. So we win the district. We go down to the state tournament, which is down in Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I can't remember if there were 12 teams that came down there at that time. or I, I can't remember. But so we go down to Portsmouth. I believe our first game is on Thursday. My wife is nine months pregnant. I mean, she's ready to explode. She's mad. She's, <laughs> she doesn't like me at this time. And I'm going to spend a weekend in a hotel and at the baseball field with her. So we leave on Wednesday night to go down because she could have my daughter at any time. And we go to there to find the nearest hospital in case she goes into labor. That's why we get out. And we actually stay in Kentucky. And so we went and found the nearest hospital and we're ready in case everything, if anything happens. So we play on Thursday and correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we lose the first game? I believe so. Yeah. And then went on a run. We lost. Yes. We lost game one. And so we went right into the losers bracket and our team was really, really good. You know, I sit back and I think about all the kids that were on that team. You know, there was you that was, you know, became a coach, and Petey Young, and Amicone, and you know, just coaches everywhere. And and it, it's really, really neat to see how you know everybody's grown older. But we end up having inclement weather, and we ended up losing a couple. You know, we won. I believe we won on Friday. We won a couple games on Saturday. We're supposed to play on Sunday. Rain happens. Games are canceled. My wife has a doctor's appointment on Monday morning. And she, she went back with your mom. And your mom took her to the doctor's appointment. And I stayed with 
you and your dad. And <laughs> we head to the game that day, and I had a cell phone at the time, believe it or not, in, what was it, 1998, in wow. August. It was August, August 3rd of 1998, and I had a cell phone. Unbelievable. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got a phone call, and I believe it was the second or third inning, and my wife says, you need to come home, and you need to come home now. And I said, okay, dear. And I don't know what the actual drive is, if you're driving the speed limit, but it was, I, I believe I made it home in about 95 minutes from Portsmouth. I remember the only time that I slowed down and went under 80 mile an hour was up in the Polaris exit. There was a Jimmy Buffett concert going on and there was helicopters hovering all over the place. The traffic was terrible. And I just stayed in a fast lane and I made it all the way home. And I walk into my in-laws house and my wife just looked at me and I said, are you ready to go? And she goes, no, I'm good now. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And to this day, I've always said that, you know, my daughter was born the next, the next morning. Um, but to this day, I still blame Kaylee. You know, we named her Kaylee. She has been my problem child from that day, the day before she was born, all the way through today. She's been my problem child. And I always tease her about that. I'm like, but and, you know, it's crazy. You would think that she would have played softball. She never did. So you knew as soon as your wife told you, no, I'm good now. You knew at that moment that yeah, this is, this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one to raise. Absolutely. Absolutely. I knew. I knew right away. She, she's, a, uh, she's a big fan of the podcast, right? She is. She is. She, uh, she asked me, she said, Dad, would you ever do that? And I said, well, Coach Kennedy has asked. I said, you know, maybe someday. Yeah, we won't, we won't uh, tell everybody what I had to pay you, but uh, – that's, yeah. that's, good, that's good stuff. Uh, a couple of questions here. So you and your wife, Abby, have a sports day planned. Um, are, we, are, are you going to attend a hockey game or a baseball game? I know you're a big hockey fan. You guys, you guys love both, obviously, hockey and baseball. What, what are you planning? You got one day. Oh. Well, if it's in the winter – I'm going to the hockey game, obviously, you know, right, right, I, you know right. it's going to be tough with the, the, the pandemic, you know, hockey's getting ready to come back, you know, and I, I don't know about baseball, but you know, right now um, I'm a little salty about this whole pandemic thing and the way that, you know, some of the MLB guys are, are yeah. fighting and this and that. I'm, I'm going to pick hockey today. I'm going to go, I'm going to go see the Penguins. Okay. Uh, last question here. Uh, what would you say is the most embarrassing thing on this list? I'm going to give you four options, okay? Okay. Mike Piazza throwing the bat at Roger Clemens. <laughs> Mr. Okay. Mr. Matt giving a finger to a fan in 2017. Vince Coleman okay. throwing a lit M80 firecracker into a crowd of people waiting for autographs at Dodger Stadium. Or Bobby Valentine getting kicked out, then returning in the dugout with a fake mustache and glasses in 1999. Which one, as a Met fan, which one is the most embarrassing? Because they, they, they're all terrible. Listen, listen. You being a Braves fan, I, I should have expected something like this. You know, you, Coach Workman over at Northmore, being you big Braves guy, it, they make me sick, Gabe. They, just, they really do. But, you know, listen. 
I would not ever condone throwing fireworks into the the stands. You know, obviously that that could have hurt somebody or whatever. And Vince Coleman, yeah, he played for the Mets, but he wasn't really a Met guy. You know what I mean? He just so you're not taking ownership for that. I I absolutely will not. You know, he was a Cardinal, and so we'll we'll just say we'll just leave it at that. That was the St. Louis Cardinal in him coming out. Okay, okay, okay. What? who, who's your favorite Met of all time? Uh, you know, if you would ask me this about 10 years ago, or maybe even 20 years ago, obviously I was a huge Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden mm-hmm. fan. Um, but even five years ago, if you asked me this, I'd say Carlos Beltran. I, I like the way he played the game. He, you know, he had a very smooth and sweet swing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's Piazza. Piazza. Okay. Long term, right. Piazza. I like I like Jacob Degrom. I think I think he plays the right yeah, way too. Degrom's a stud. He's a freak. He's a freak. Yep. All right, Jeff. I I thank you very much, man, for for being on the podcast. It was a blast. And like I said before, we started recording. Even you know, getting to the point where we turned on uh, record to do this podcast, I felt like I had won the contest. You know, because I you're not a big social media guy and. I just figured with this going out on social media and obviously, you know, going to be published on uh, Spotify and all that stuff. I, I didn't think you'd be down for it, but I'm glad you did, man. I appreciate you being on. Yeah. I appreciate you having me, Gabe. You do, you do a great job. And you know, some of the, some of the things that you bring up and some of the guests that you have, it's super, super interesting. You know, I, I love volleyball and swimming and track and I, I, anything competitive. I love it. And you know, I, I continue to wish you the best. It's, it's awesome. Thanks a lot, Coach. We'll see you, buddy. Y'all take care, Coach. Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of the Bases Loaded podcast. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bases Podcast.